There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm good, I'm in Chicago. And whenever I'm in Chicago for even like five minutes, my Chicago accent resurfaces. So I feel like this is gonna be a funny recording. Yes. Um, and if you're watching this version of our podcast on YouTube, you'll notice that Danielle Woods is also with us. And um, she's been on the podcast several times, bringing a wealth of knowledge, um, all things tax, um, I was going to say accounting, but <laughs> I won't. No. Financial planning, uh, financial advising, management. investment management. And if I'm looking, I keep looking to the left because Amanda's actually here in my house, but we are doing this recording today and Danielle as well. So today um, we'll get right into it. We are going to talk about the SECURE Act 2.0 and specifically how it affects people more in the savings phase. Um, if you've read at all about it, any listeners have heard or read about it at all, you know that it a lot of it affects people who are retiring soon or already in retirement. So we want to focus a little bit more on um, the younger folks, I suppose. So Amanda, Danielle, my question for you, what are the main things that you think people in the savings phase should um, take from what's gone on in the Secure Act 2.0? either one. I always think we should start with positive okay? because there's lots of negative. <laughs> one of the positives is that there has been an increase in how much you can save into our favorite account, a Roth IRA. And they have also made um, some employer retirement accounts. There's an awful lot of self-employed people, us included, um, who need to have our own type of retirement savings account for work. And 401ks are what I call a Cadillac retirement plan. They are unaffordable and just unrealistic for a lot of small firms. So um, the alternative is something like a simple IRA, which is about as simple as it sounds. And they are now allowing Roth simple IRA contributions, which is a brand new thing. Um, again, that's a legal allowance. Um, the reality and the actuality of that happening is still dependent on custodians like Charles Schwab and Fidelity and that to um, have that available. And um, But one of the most immediate things you can do while we're waiting for treasury regulations is to simply increase your savings. Yeah. And um, Amanda, what do you think about, sorry, I'll look at my camera, not at you. <laughs> uh, what are the um, things, I mean, things we talk about all the time on this podcast are how to save and how do you think this all kind of fits into this new, um, new con congressional act? Yeah. I think, you know, one thing about this new law is that it, it just increases the complexity of retirement savings accounts and different things you can do. 
And um, that doesn't take away from the fact that most people have a tough time savings in general. So, you know, why do we need to make it more complicated? I don't know. I, well, we can get into that. But <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things they did was they increased the amount of catch-up contributions you can make once you turn age 50. You can contribute more to your retirement account. And there's extra catch-up contributions for those age 60 to 63, I believe. Um, but I feel like that if you're not 50 or you're not 60, that just because the law says you can put in extra, doesn't mean that should stop you from putting in extra if you are in your 30s or 40s, because that's when the savings can really help you. And, you know, this focus on using 401k plans, which is a lot of the change, like we need to focus on putting money in the Roth that's separate from your employer. We need to focus on putting savings into a taxable brokerage, you know, despite what the law says, you can still do these things. Right, so that hasn't changed. Yeah, and I think that's a good point that in their attempt to make these things more available, they've really just kind of alienated people from it because it's just getting worse and worse and worse and they just don't know what to do. So we, we were listening to a webinar from another financial advisor yesterday and I really like the way she put it. She's like, we've got to get our clients away from this mindless saving in um, pre-tax savings that creates huge tax issues in the future that people aren't ready for and a lot of CPAs don't address and unless you have a good proactive financial advisor like us at Propel, you will be completely clueless and blindsided when the time comes for you to start spending the retirement savings that you've worked so hard on and realize that a very large chunk of it is going to taxes that you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get a little burned on that, right? They feel like they're doing so good maxing out their 401k and then it comes time to retire and they're like, wait a second, mm -hmm. you know, the savings phase is totally different from the distribution phase. That's yeah. one thing to set up a saving strategy, but as part of that saving strategy, we can incorporate the ultimate distribution strategy, mm -hmm. which is the piece that a lot of people miss. I think, yeah, right. There's a, there's a consequence to saving on taxes now. Yeah. Um, and you need to be fully aware of that because it can be incredibly expensive. And we, <clears throat> what Amanda just said is, you know, I thought I'd done everything I was supposed to do. That was one of our focuses of our last webinar because I had a client sitting down with a client and I was like, we really need to beef up your brokerage and your Roth savings because you've done an amazing job with your 401k, but all of that money is going to be taxable to you, to your beneficiaries. And they were so frustrated and they said, you know, that's what they told us to do. They said, you know, max out your 401k, do all this work on your 401k, 401k, 401k. And um, and you're, they're right. For a long time, that was you know what everybody recommended until people finally started retiring and going whoa. <laughs> and keep in mind, of course, that income tax rates are very low right now, and we'll kind of talk about that later as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the strategies seem to be. I mean, the strategies have changed with with tax with savings in general, and um, the more you can save, like the more you can get into the habit of saving at a younger age the more likely you'll be able to take advantage of these um, these rules that let you do catch up contributions when mm -hmm. you're 60, 50, um, whichever age that um, is in the act. Yeah. But something when we were discussing what we wanted to talk about today, um, don't let Congress determine your savings. That's the main, that's a big point we wanted mm -hmm. to say. Like yeah. you have to really talk about or think about what's good for you and work with a financial advisor who understands the whole picture 
um, and also recognizes that tax laws and things are going to change. So mm. you have to kind of tune some of that out. Yeah, mm -hmm. we have a lot of people come to us, like new clients will say, I had somebody for years and years and years. And when I finally started worrying about, huh, I want to retire in five years, like what is this going to look like tax wise? And they would just say, you need to talk to your tax preparer. Right. So all that time that they had been saving with this person, taxes had never been an issue. Like it had never been a part of the plan. And that is, mm -hmm. that's negligent in our perspective. And I think if there is another positive in this increased complexity that we're getting from Congress, is it shines a really bright light on the people who know what they're doing with their clients and those who don't. And none of us is ever gonna be perfect. And these, like we said, these changes are happening on an annual basis. So we can only make decisions and recommendations based on what we know. But if you don't even try <laughs> to be proactive, um, you're almost definitely going to get burned. Yeah, I think that gets to one of the points about us being a fiduciary firm compared to another firm that's not because there is we have to do what's best for our clients. You know, mm -hmm. if it means taking withdrawal out of your account in order to pay a tax bill, like, you know, yeah. that lowers your account value, but it's best for you in the end. We were saying that yesterday, yeah. we were making a list of like, which clients really need to be considering Roth conversions with the understanding that it was gonna be more work for us and they were probably gonna pay the taxes out of their account. And it meant that our assets under management were gonna go down and some firms would never make that recommendation for that reason. Yeah. You know, they're not going to suggest that, yeah. but that's, that's our job. That's what we're supposed to do for you. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a couple minutes left here. Do you, let's see, should we talk about 529s really quick before getting into a listener question? Sure. All right. Amanda, do you want to take 529s? Yeah, I think um, there's a new, uh, a new provision that says you can, roll over part of unused 529 funds into a Roth. Um, there are some, we're all waiting to see the final rules on that, but right now it's the, the 529 has to be in existence for 15 years. And um, can you then, do a little pre-recommend, like what, what, are, what are you exactly saying? I think you're kind of jumped in the middle of your thought. Like a 529 plan is this, and mm -hmm. this is why uh, we care. Oh yeah, the 529 is the college savings plan. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are hesitant to put money in a 529 because they think, oh, well, I don't know what if my child doesn't go to college? What if there's extra money in there? I don't want to over contribute. So I think um, this gives a release valve if that happens to you and it takes away some of that, you know, that hesitation that people have to put money in a 529. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in general, a 529 is a really great vehicle to use. It's a tax advantaged account that helps um, you get to um, pay for your child's college. And um, so I just think that's a great provision. And because of the 15 year period, you have to wait to do the, the withdrawal or conversion to a Roth. You know, we would say if you haven't started a 529 for your child right now, it's a great time to start. Start mm -hmm. that 15 year tolling. If money is tight, put $100 in it or when every state has maybe a different minimum. So mm -hmm. we would have to check the actual dollar amount there. But just getting it started, it's a great time. Right. It doesn't mean you have to be putting money in. You're like, you know, I can't yeah. do this right now, but you might as well start it. Just like with Roth IRAs, we tell people just start it because mm -hmm. there's a five-year tolling period on Roth IRAs. And I think it's a great thing. Like if you're, you've saved money for your kid or other relatives have given you money to, to save money for your child for college and your, your child gets an amazing scholarship 
and you're like, well, it's not fair. I saved all this money for them and they did a great job helping pay for their college. Now you can roll it into a Roth IRA for them and they have a kickstart on their retirement savings, which is, I, I think that is one great. of the best um, things they have in this law, aside from just increases in Roth IRA and IRA conversion uh, in, uh, contributions. Yeah, that's that's a real gift you can give your child, right? Welcome, Babette. Yeah, if you're not watching this podcast, um, the cat is uh, the cat has joined. He's hanging out with the us. chat. <laughs> okay, so wrapping up, let's um, go to our listener question for this week. And um, so if you've been reading in the news, I mean, it's all over the headlines, but maybe you haven't really delved into this. And to be honest, neither have we. But here's a few things we have to say about this. The question is, uh, should I worry about the debt ceiling or like, how does it affect me? Who wants to start with that? <laughs> well, without, yeah, I, I mean, there was a really good article in the New York Times this morning and we thought about putting a link on our website or putting okay. it on our social media so you can read about it. Um, I think ultimately, like Amanda said, it's not something we can control. It's just something that Congress fights over. And it was, it's become something that happens every couple of years, every, you know, two, three times a year sometimes. Um, but ultimately we said, well, how does this really impact our clients? Like we could explain it all day long, but who cares? What does it mean? And um, we just said, well, it means that we have more debt in the country and we're gonna find ways of passing that on to taxpayers. I'll let Amanda take it from there. Yeah, I think, you know, right now we have historically low tax rates and eventually, right, the chickens are going to come home to roost and the tax rates can't stay that low for forever. So, you know, it's a great time to take advantage of some tax strategies like Roth conversions, if that's appropriate for your situation. Um, there's different things you can do to anticipate like an increase in a tax rate in the future. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you know, we're talking about there about the income tax rate, but there's other ways Congress is finding to tax people and that a big one, as we've seen in Secure Act 1.0 and now 2.0 that was just passed at the end of 2022, is that they're finding new ways to tax your 401ks and IRAs. And um, a lot mm -hmm. of people just don't have that on their radar until it's too late. They're, yeah, until they're retiring and, mm -hmm. you know, they have a giant tax bill and they're like, not yeah. working anymore. And how do I pay this tax bill? Yeah. Oh, do I have to go back mm -hmm. to work? You I know, see, that's, that's it, people yeah. find themselves in those kinds of situations and mm -hmm. it's preventable. Yeah, that's a yes, that's a good point. And I also want to continue back to when we talk about young people's savings. And the important point here is even if you make mistakes or your advisor makes mistakes on what you're buying, compounding is so incredibly important. And Amanda did a really good blog post, I think, some years ago. Maybe we need to relink that um, into our from our website and just remind people how incredibly important compounding is. And so if you're waiting until, you know, under the new Secure Act 2.0, you're waiting until you're 61 or 62 to do that increased catch up. Well, it's nice and all. But you're not going to get as much out of it had you done it in your 20s or 30s. Yeah. It's simply going to be so much more money if you started younger. I just want to say really quick one more thing is that you said you referenced a New York Times article this morning about the debt ceiling. Mm -hmm. And there's another one with the headline called In Their 20s, Struggling to Save and Tired of Being Lectured About It. And um, I get it, but like they're quoting people saying, well, everybody's telling you to do this because that's what they did. And let me tell you, the people are telling you to do this because that's what they didn't, didn't do. do. 
That's really good point. <laughs> so um, mm -hmm. if you're in your 20s, we get that now, it's hard. I did. <laughs> but well, I worked for a financial advisory yeah, firm when I was not in my old 20s. Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I often think, like, what would I have done if I hadn't gotten a job with a financial advisory firm when I was a kid? I didn't, my, my parents didn't know that stuff when I was yeah. young. They didn't teach me about that. Yeah, so... Oh yeah. Hey, Chicago <laughs> hat. Yeah, back to your in Chicago. Um, I hope my accent really came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Danielle. Of course. Um, we appreciate all your insight, and I think this is a really good one. Um, we'll get this one out soon, and um, we'll link everything at connectingthedollars.com. You can find us um, there with all the links to our social media and all the things we mentioned today. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you. See you next time. Okay. Bye. 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 That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to connectingthedollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at connectingthedollars.com. Or if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.